This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host, Alan Peterson, who is the Executive Director for the Compassionate Friends. Hi, Alan. How are you, Heidi? It's uh, great to uh, do another radio show with you today. We enjoy uh, working together. We've done it many, many times on radio and television. So thanks for asking me to co-host with you today. Uh, I'm honored to be here. We have a good show today uh, on military loss, and um, it's something that is um, these are very special individuals who uh, make the ultimate sacrifice. And we always love learning from their families, you know, um, what that journey is like so that we can share it with others going through that same loss. So you've put together a good show today, haven't you? Absolutely, Alan. And I'm so glad that you're you're co-hosting once again. Like you said, you've been doing this for years, and we love working with you. And this is a show that's near and dear to my heart because it is a show on sibling loss, and it is with somebody that I adore. Um, her name is Kelly Griffith, and I met her in September of 2012 at TAPS, which is the Tragedy Assistance Program for Survivors of Military Loss, um, an organization near and dear to my heart. I'm on their advisory board. And, you know, I have a new respect for the military and what it takes to, to be trained in the military because Alexander, my son, joined the military um, in September and graduated from Fort Benning in May in infantry training this May. And, you know, it's it's a family event. It's you, The families really come together to support these troops. And these, these military are unbelievable. They sacrifice I, I, so much. And you know this because your son is a Marine, Alan, your stepson. Yeah, my, my stepson, uh, you know, served in the Marines. And I agree with you. You know, military service is a family process while they're serving. And, and then when there's loss in the military, uh, like our guest has experienced today, that's its own unique journey in many, in many ways. And her brother, uh, uh, well, she's going to introduce us to her brother, but I'm, I'm just excited to hear her story and to hear, you know, how, how do you survive this loss? How do families get through it? So why don't you introduce our I, I would love today. to. So our guest today is Kelly Griffith. Kelly Griffith, she works at TAPS. She is the TAPS magazine editor and manager of internal communications and the surviving sister of Marine Corporal Major Samuel Griffith, who is and was a true hero in this country. Kelly's background in journalism and the profound impact of Sam's life and service enabled her to share the compassion and care of TAPS through writing. Welcome to the show, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So, Kelly, why don't we start out by you talking a little bit about Samuel and what he was like and how he ended up joining the Marines. Oh, my goodness. Uh, my brother was incredible. <laughs> um, he was he was 10 years older than me, um, had the best laugh of anybody I've ever met, oh. and the strongest hugs, um, mm-hmm. and he was my hero wow. from day one. Uh, I always looked up to him for everything. Um, he actually wanted to be an astronaut, 
and decided later on that he wanted to fly jets. Um, And so he went into the Marine Corps and flew F-18s. Amazing. um, And later became a forward air controller. Wow. So he was a real overachiever and someone that was very, he knew exactly what he wanted to do and he went for it. He absolutely did. Unbelievable. And you know what? It was so amazing, Alan, because over Memorial Day, I was at Arlington Cemetery and I got to see where Samuel was buried. And I also got to see Kelly with her surviving brother at, you know, his tombstone, et cetera. And you and your your brother are so close and you have such an amazing bond. And it sounds like Samuel, you had the same bond with Samuel. I absolutely did. Um, even there was a there's a 21 year age gap between Sam and David, and they were thick as thieves. <laughs> they oh, okay. uh, they were absolutely so close, and and I always knew I could go to Sam for anything. So Kelly, uh, well, I'm always interested in you know, and people's stories amaze me. Uh, you know, we have these great tragedies in our lives, and here you're older brother, your hero, uh, dies and serving in the military proudly. So what I want people to, to hear is, so how does Kelly get from devastated hearing this news to doing this unbelievable work you're doing for one of the most amazing organizations in the world, helping uh, military families with loss? How did you get from point A to point B, if you can sum it up, um, I'm sure you could write a book about it, but how, how does one get from devastation to doing what you're doing today? Yeah, well, I I actually, I was the only one at home when the Marines came to the door. Wow. Um, it was wow. December 14th of 2011, and the Marines came to the door, and that was not even a possibility in my mind. I literally, my first thought was, wow, they must be doing Toys for Tots door-to-door now. Um, and and they wouldn't tell me anything um, because my dad was next of kin. So that's really hard for a lot of siblings um, because they, they don't get to hear that news necessarily. Um, right. And I had to wait like 45 minutes <laughs> to, to get the news. Wow. Um, when my my dad finally was able to make it home. Um, And I've never felt as alone as I did in that 45-minute time span. Mm -hmm. I was scared to death, and I knew that there was something wrong, um, but I I really did not know what was wrong. And it, it felt like the whole world had just fallen over on its side. Um... And so, and I was really the one who, in our family, I talked about my brother constantly growing up. Um, Sam really had made such an impact in my life that I talked to him or about him to my friends, to my family. And so he died, and then all of a sudden, nobody wanted to hear about him anymore, all of a sudden. They're like, you know, a week, two weeks, a month later, they didn't want to hear that I was grieving, and and my family really needed support. Um, they needed me to lift them up, 
And so that was really where I set my focus, was making sure that my younger brother had, you know, three meals a day <laughs> as needed, that I could support my family. Um, and it wasn't until TAPS contacted my, my family that uh, we really found the support that we needed. Well, well and Kelly, you hear that. You, you that, hear that with oh, brave siblings. You know, what I'm hearing is the, the, the message was you needed to be strong for your parents and kind of step in as the oldest and take over because now Sam, who was the oldest, is no longer there. And it's, it's such a thing that I hear with siblings. It really was in, in our case. And, you know, when, when my mom said we were coming to TAPS, um, I kind of came kicking and screaming. Mm-hmm. Um, we come from a military family where we rub some dirt on it, we walk it off. And right. I did not want to sit around in a circle and hold hands and sing Kumbaya. I was really <laughs> afraid of that being what TAPS was. Yeah. Um, and I was so pleasantly surprised when I came and sat with you, Heidi, mm-hmm. um, in, in your session. And one sibling said something, and I went, oh, my gosh, I've heard that before. And somebody else said something, and I went, that happened last week. And it was really an opportunity for me to see that I wasn't that girl standing at the front door for that 45-minute time span anymore. I did not have to do it alone. Wow. So you you were like me. I'm the executive director of the Compassionate Friends, but I was, uh, uh, you know, a member. They helped me before, you know, I got involved. So so you started out by getting help from TAPS, finding your support there, and then how did you move through to do, to doing what you are today? How, how many years did you do this? Well, I, I come from a journalism background. I was the managing editor for five weekly newspapers in North Carolina, um, and the newspapers closed, and it was a wonderful opportunity then to help support as a volunteer um, for the TAPS magazine. So I came on board volunteering my time, and then in June of 2014, started part-time. And then they brought me on full-time in the following January. Wow. Wow. What a way to use your gift to help other people. So, Kelly, could you tell, because we do a lot of, you know, in the grief world, taps to us is, you know, we know what it means and and, uh, all that. But could you tell people... Um, a little bit about all of the things, what TAPS really does, the wonderful work that they do for those who might not be familiar with that organization. Yeah, so TAPS is a national organization that supports all those grieving the loss of a loved one in the military. Um, We have retreats and seminars for the adults. We have our Good Grief Camp um, where we pair up children one-on-one with a military mentor, um, which is really beautiful to see. Um, We just, we have so many opportunities to connect people to counseling within their community, um, free and unlimited care. Um, There's, there's just so many opportunities through TAPS, like casework. When you have problems with getting your benefits, um, you can call. And we have a 24-7 helpline. Wow. 
That's that's amazing, and it's amazing that everything, all the ways that you're involved, Kelly. And I know that you guys have regional conferences and a national conference, and you know you do so much. What do you think is unique about the death of a sibling versus another kind of loss? Well, I fortunately have not um, had as many losses in my life as other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in this instance, really, I expected to grow old with my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I expected him to be around and to be able to have all of those memories of us growing up and growing growing old. Um, and now to not have that, it's I, I really wasn't sure how I was going to grow at all as a person. Um, and I think now... We have become much stronger as a family. Um, I have learned my new place in my family, I think. And I, but I'm still growing. There's, there are plenty of days that are still really difficult. Um, I, I think that each individual um, relationship, is, it's so personal. And I was really disappointed at Sam's funeral when I heard stories of him in the military and him as a college student um, because I didn't get to see those sides of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm really, I feel very blessed to have the memories that I do have. Well, well like you said, I mean, we, we spend 80 to 100% of our lifetime with our siblings. We spend more time with them growing up than any other relationship. And like you made a good point, we grieve not just for the the past, we grieve the future that we're not going to have now, basically. And Kelly, you said, you said I want to touch on something you said because I don't want that to get lost because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's so important. Um, and, and and regardless of what your loss is, but you, you know, you said when you first went to TAP and you sat in Heidi's session, and Lord knows she's a fantastic facility uh, facilitator and workshop presenter, but you realize then that you were getting the support you need. And, and I tell people in grief when I do workshops and, and speak that the two, what I think the two most important things are in grief is that you educate yourself about the process, understand what's going on, and also that you get support. So mm-hmm. to those out there who might be you know hesitant about seeking support, um, can you talk about why getting support is so important and, and, and how it helps you in the grief journey uh, to find some a person or an organization to help support you in your loss? Absolutely. It, it 100% changed my perspective. Um, I was on a retreat in North Carolina with other siblings and another sister sat down next to me, and she had lost her brother in combat as well. And she just she sat next to me and said, so tell me about your brother. And I started talking about his death, and she said, no, no, tell me about your brother. And it, it was really that moment where it all flipped, and it wasn't about his death because that was one second in time. It was about all of those seconds that he lived and that he made that impact on my life. And I realized that he will continue to make an impact on my life for as long as I live. Yeah, that is, 
that's so important that 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 threshold that we cross. So you know, I think that's one thing for bereaved parents, and I don't have the bereaved sibling perspective, and I think that's why Heidi and I work so well together. Is as parents, we don't know how to help our siblings, and if you were to to, to talk to parents right now, uh, we don't know what to do for our siblings. We don't know whether to say you should talk, 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 or or to give you your space. But if you were to talk to talk to parents and and give some advice how we can best help our siblings. What is it that we can do to help our grieving siblings? Well, it would be like my mom. I mean, my my mom literally dragged me um, even to the first TAPS retreat. She drove me there because she was afraid I was going to get in the car and drive the other way. Um, But she really got me connected to other siblings, and it made all the difference. Wow. Kelly, what would you tell parents? Because I like where Alan's going with this. What would you tell parents out there who say, and they say this all the time to me, my kids aren't talking to me, they're not grieving in front of me, and I'm I'm worried that they're not grieving. Yeah. Um, that was really that was really my situation. Okay. I was definitely the the crier of the group. I was the most emotional one in my family, and then all of a sudden I just couldn't cry. Mm. Um, and my parents did such a great job of letting me be in my grief, um, and and they really connected me to other siblings right at the right time um, for me to accept it. Um, but I, I think that in any situation with anyone who is grieving, we have to just have compassion mm-hmm. um, and, and know that what your grief looks like is not going to be what somebody else's grief looks like. I love that because I feel like sometimes parents want to put more pressure on their kids to grieve like they are. And I'm always saying to parents, just because your kids look, may, may look like they're not grieving, they're grieving. But like you said, Kelly, they're doing it in their own way. And and I love the idea of connecting them with other siblings that have also had the death of a brother or sister so that they know that other people have been through this experience because we heal together in community. And that's what I love about TAPS and the Compassionate Friends. Yeah. Kelly, how can people get a, that, that want to help TAPS? It's uh, certainly a worthy, uh, amazing organization. I'll tell you, I actually, uh, over, uh, I don't know, the the Memorial Day weekend saw something where one of the 60 Minutes anchor anchors came on and they recognized uh, Taps uh, on a, on a national TV spot, which which was just wonderful. But how can people get a hold of Taps to learn more about what you do, the services, or if people want to support the organization? How do they do that? They can go to taps.org or they can just call the 1-800 number. It's 1-800-959. And that's 8277. Beautiful. Well, Kelly, thank you so much. It's so great knowing you, and I'm so impressed with all the work that you're doing. And you're definitely keeping Samuel's memory alive, and you will forever because that's one of our jobs as siblings. We'll never let Scott and Samuel's memory die. They'll, it'll last for an eternity. Um, so thank you for all that you're doing. Yeah, and Thank I want to say much. I, I honor uh, your brother, uh, Major Samuel Griffith, and and uh, am beholding to his service and sacrifice and 
And uh, I'm inspired by what you're doing, Kelly, to help others and uh, journalism and putting out publications. We do it in our organization. I know what a key part of the process and, and the success of the organization that is. So thank you for the work you're doing and um, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. And I wanted to say to Samuel, thank you for your service because it truly is appreciated. Um, Samuel is your guiding light and he always will be. Um, so I want to just close the show by saying thank you to everybody out there listening. And if you've lost hope, please lean on Kelly's Lean on mine and lean on Alan's. And thank you from Open to Hope and the Compassionate Friends and Taps. And God bless. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.